This is Wisconsin Water News, a production of the University of Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. I'm your host, Marie Zwickoff. Today's episode is Tea and Sunlight, Exploring How Nature Breaks Down Pollution in the St. Louis River. Water that forms the beginnings of the St. Louis River in northern Minnesota percolates through moldering plants in remote wetlands and bogs. All this peaty goodness turns the water brown, as if the mythical giant Paul Bunyan squeezed it through his tea bag. Along its 190-mile journey from Seven Beaver Lake into Lake Superior, this dissolved organic matter in the water is diluted until the water reaches Lake Superior, where the color clears and it more closely resembles the rain and groundwater sources that were its beginnings. Researchers funded by Wisconsin Sea Grant have found that various amounts and types of dissolved organic matter, also known as organic carbon, combined with sunlight, can break down different pollutants in the St. Louis River. The research team was headed by Christina Remokal with the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Christine Wammer with the University of St. Thomas. They focused on four pollutants that are found in the river, the insect repellent DEET, the cholesterol inhibitor atorvastatin, the antidepressant venlafaxine, and the anti-epileptic medicine carbamazepine. They chose to study the St. Louis River because of the variety of organic matter along its course. Remacall explains. The headwaters are really full of wetlands and all the organic carbon is really like terrestrial, like really coming straight from plants. And then as you move into the estuary itself, you know, we have more um, anthropogenic influence. We have wastewater effluent. Um, And then once you get onto Lake Superior, the quality of the organic matter is, is really quite different. Energy from sunlight can also break down the pollutants on its own in a process called direct photolysis. Or it can interact with the dissolved organic matter to break down pollutants in a process called indirect photolysis. For this study, the researchers focused on indirect photolysis. Remacall detailed their findings, which were published in the September 11, 2019 issue of Environmental Science and Technology. The four different pharmaceuticals, for example, react with different radicals and different oxidants. We found that the more wastewater derived or or microbially derived or processed organic matter was better at producing things called triple DOM and singlet oxygen. And those are really good at degrading things like carbamazepine and atorvastatin. So that was, you know, sort of saying like down near Lake Superior, you would see more degradation of some of those chemicals. On the other hand, the headwaters, the more terrestrially derived organic carbon is better at producing hydroxyl radicals. And so we'd see better removal of DEET higher up in the watershed. And so it depends on which chemical interest you're talking about because they react with different ones. Their findings have implications for wastewater treatment and water management, both in the estuary and beyond, and could be used to direct and prioritize remediation. Their methods involved gathering liters of water from eight sites in August 2016. From upstream to downstream, these included Sand Creek, Meadowlands, East Detroit, Munger Landing, the Western Lake Superior Sanitary District Treatment Plant, the Blotnick Bridge, and Wisconsin Point. In the lab, Remacall said the researchers added a pollutant to the water sample, then exposed it to light. Every so often, you'll turn the light off or take your sample out and collect a a sample. And um, you can watch, as you shine more and more light on, you can watch the chemicals degrade. As a control, they added pollutants to water samples without organic carbon. 
That way they could differentiate between the direct photochemistry process and the indirect photochemistry process in different levels of dissolved organic matter. Indirect photolysis works because sunlight exposure causes the dissolved organic matter to produce highly reactive molecules called radicals. The radicals have unpaired electrons that want to pair up. They react with the four pollutants in the study and end up degrading them in the process. The researchers were able to measure these changes with a state-of-the-art mass spectrometer at the UW-Madison Medical School, which Remacol said was a first for this type of research. And we could show that different kinds of organic carbon is better at producing diff- these different intermediates or these different reactive oxidants. And that was something, especially for hydroxyl radical, no one had ever been able to, or had ever shown that before. Remacol said the team plans to apply this approach to an additional study funded by the National Science Foundation. And we want to look and see if these relationships that we found are sort of universal. And so we want to look at the St. Louis River. We're going to work in lakes in northern Wisconsin, down here in Madison, also some agriculturally impacted sites in Minnesota and more urban sites like around Minneapolis. And so we're going to do really similar experiments, but we want to see, again, if these, if these relationships are, if they hold when we move to other locations as well. That's it for this episode of Wisconsin Water News, just one of the ways that Wisconsin Sea Grant promotes the sustainable use of Great Lakes resources through research, education, and outreach. Subscribe to us through iTunes and Google Play. Thank you to Christy Remacall, and thank you for listening.